0: Hello everyone and welcome back to episode six of the Those Who Hope podcast. I'm very excited because today I am joined by my wonderful, wonderful friend. This is Emily Carter. Hi guys. So Emily, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Really, really appreciate it. And like when I said to to Joy and everyone that's been on the pod so far, all my guests so far have made me as the host feel so comfortable because we had a couple of technical hiccups on the, well not really hiccups but just a bit of a slow start trying to get the technology working and you're a very calming presence so thank you very much for that. Good,
1: good to know.
0: (laughs) Well as we said just now we're very good friends and we have known each other for quite some time haven't we? In fact I think out of everybody on the podcast so far, you're
1: the longest reigning friend. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: <laughs> so, how old was I from what you remember when we met?
1: I think you must have been 12 or 13.
0: I think I was actually younger. Were you? Maybe. I started, um, so we met at church. Yeah. And I joined that church, I think, when I was eight or nine. No. Yeah.
1: Oh, my days. That Yeah, because you, you taught me in, the, you were my kids' worker. <laughs> that makes you feel very old. <laughs>
0: Well, but you're not.
1: No, young at (laughs) heart.
0: Well, we've got a cool relationship because obviously we are friends. But Mm. as I said, you, first of all, were my kids worker because also friends with my mum but me and my mum often like I will argue with her and say no they're my friend she's Mm. like no they're my friend (laughs) but um yeah so we met at church and yeah tell us a bit more about that so we've because we've been going to church together I guess then since then pretty much we've pretty much followed each other
1: around I know I can't really do the maths so what so where are you now how long ago is that
0: 23
1: 22 21 20 19 I'm at this bit (laughs) another blooper <laughs> um how old are you
0: eight, now eight <laughs> you're not gonna say it no 24 so 24. it's 24 take away eight so it's
1: like 16 wow 16 years yeah yeah that's gosh
0: long. yeah I'm like it blows my mind too like because your kids obviously I've known since they yeah. were babies yeah and now they're so grown up and well, we'll talk about them in a minute, but Ted mm. is your oldest. He and he's is. He's fourteen. Fourth- yeah. My eldest. Yeah. And I was fourteen when you started kind of mentoring me and we did a Bible okay. study together. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't believe that's Ted's age okay. now. It's yeah. Gone so quick. Yeah. So yeah, um, so we went to the same church well, mm-hmm. you were already there. And then yeah. I joined when I was about eight with mm-hmm. my mum and my brother. And yeah, and then we went to another church called Grace. And, why well, I kind of followed you there after you, yeah. you, you were there first. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so now we're at Pulse. And But before we talk about all of that, tell us a bit more about yourself. And maybe we've spoke a bit about your family as well. So maybe tell us who they are as well.
1: Yeah, so I'm married to Anthony. We've been married for over 20 years now. Um, and we have two children, uh, Ted, who's 14, and Ben, who is 10. Mm. Um who also seems like he's about 14 as well, to be honest. And we have a puppy. Well, he's not a puppy, but he'll always be my puppy called Max, who is three. Aww, that's yeah, our family unit yeah. at the moment. And at Max home. is a
0: cockapoo, right? Yes, yeah. Max is a cockapoo. And I've got a
1: cockapoo as well called yeah. Cindy. So I copied Katrina, basically. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I remember when it was during lockdown yeah. and uh, I think we'd done like a church service uh-huh. and then video called after the yes. church service. Yeah, and then I think the boys maybe said to me first. They were like, "Oh, we've got a new puppy." And obviously, like all the time I've known you, I've never known you to have a pet. No. And uh, and I was like, "No, you haven't." I thought they were lying or yeah. something. I was like, "What? That's so random! Like you've just suddenly got a puppy." Like and it was random. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, "Yeah, we have." So oh, yeah. yeah, little Max. Oh, and he's like a blondy, goldeny mm. color as well, isn't he? Yeah. Which is the same as Cindy, but yeah. Max is a
1: lot bigger. He Quite is, and I remember and a lot lighter, a lot um. His fur is a lot lighter now. Yes, he's yeah. Faded. Yeah, he's faded.
0: And I remember you saying, oh, I don't think Max will ever get as big as Cindy. I know. And then, yeah.
1: I know because he was so tiny yeah so
0: and also just going back to like how it blows my mind how mm-hmm. Ted's like 14 now mm-hmm. I literally remember we were at a home group here at my house mm-hmm. and when you like got your Told baby everyone. scan out yeah and I remember you'd just been to see Britney Spears yeah. in concert yeah. so
1: everyone thought you were gonna get like a picture out of Britney Spears and it was Ted it was yeah it was my first scan picture that I showed you all that night yeah and so, everyone so went special. on to tell me their birth stories and how Oh, I'm yes. and I was like, shut up. I but know. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. <laughs> funny. I've done it. It's all right. Yeah, you can talk about it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, going back to us being at Pulse, so we mm-hmm. kind of ended up we were both at Grace, yeah, and then we merged with another church yeah. called Haven Christian Fellowship, mm-hmm. which was a really exciting time, and that was kind of just before the pandemic. Was that 2019? Yeah or yeah maybe end of 2018 yeah maybe yeah maybe yeah. Once you
1: were there yeah it was that that late yeah yeah
0: um, and so yeah that's been a cool adventure in the last several years with that merge and mm-hmm. also with a new church plant that's happening and all yeah. different things going on and yeah just tell us where you kind of fit into that what's going on for you at the moment mm,
1: so yeah the name Pulse just want to go back to that as well mm. so there is a tagline that comes with that the tagline is the heartbeat of God for our community so we want to be Sharing God's heart for the people around us, um, and we also want to be quite current and yeah, just doing that. So I think it's important mm. to kind of bring out the tagline as well. Um, so I've been part of the leadership team there for about five years, um, kind of since the merger, really, um, as a voluntary role, and getting involved with lots of pastoral care and um, the prayer life of the church, mm. things like that, the prophetic life of church. Involved in those kind of things, Um, and then September time. Well, there's obviously build up to it and lots of chats, but by September last year, um, the trustees um, offered me employment um, for that role, basically that I'd been doing voluntary, and uh, employed me as the congregational leader for Mm. Pulse at the Hornchurch site. Um, It coincided with the time where one of the other leaders was going over to. Uh, lead an expression of church in Romford, so we kind of needed someone back at base to lead the congregation there. Um, so I've been, I've been, yeah, very, very blessed to be employed by the church um, and working there a couple of days a week, and basically continuing and uplifting what I'm doing there with uh, pastoral care, preaching Sundays. Um, yeah, networking with other churches, loads of cool stuff.
0: Mm, that's so amazing. And is this because you've been involved in church leadership for years, but is this the first time that you've been employed by a church? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, amazing. And what about what does the rest of your week look like? So you said that you work for the church two days a week, and I'm sure that sometimes it probably feels like a full time job anyway. um But you're also you do lots of other things too, don't you? Have
1: Yeah, so I work in retail as well work for Boots um in Lakeside, which is a big shopping mall near where we are in Essex. Um, so I work on the number seven counter, their skincare and makeup counter there, three days a week. Um, I've really, really enjoyed having both a secular job and a church job and actually finding it's not... The lines aren't quite as harsh mm. as you think. Having a secular job and a church job actually... Those things have have merged. I've had wonderful opportunities to speak to people there. I, I do laugh at, myself because, laugh at myself because I think um, I was just going there, you know, to earn a bit more money to help out because the mortgage was going up, and you know, I thought it was all about me. And then you get there and you have all these amazing conversations with people about Jesus, and you're like as if it was just about earning money, Mm. it's obviously kingdom. Um, And I think we can get a bit blinkered sometimes. Um, So it's just great how God's used me. And I think I also didn't realise that I was going to be able to get opportunities. I was expecting Mm. the corporate world to be a bit stricter about talking about faith and things, Mm. but people have been so open to talk to me. Mm. Um, And yeah, I've just had some great conversations with, with people of no faith, some faith in God, Um, other faiths so Mm. yeah it's been wonderful getting to pray for people in the staff room and all sorts so Mm. it's cool
0: that's amazing and that's such an encouragement because I think uh, sometimes people can see yeah more of a separation than what there is as you say or that you're you've got more opportunity to To make an impact, if you're working for a church or something, but Mm -hmm. actually God calls us to be in all different places, and that's what encouraged me to go into the performing arts world because I felt like God had called me there. And uh, what you was just saying about boots reminded me of over the summer I worked for three months at a holiday park, and it wasn't what I had planned to do in that space of time. And but I, when I was praying about it, I felt that God was leading me there. And once I was there, even though it was actually a very intense job, um, I was just like more than anything. I loved the job, but more than anything, I feel like God's got me here. And the conversations that naturally came up and things like that, it was just amazing. And it's just such an encouragement how God partners with us. And it's exciting that he yeah. wants to use us. Um, you know, not it's not just about us. It's about other people but that's such mm-hmm. a blessing to mm-hmm. us as well so I'm so thankful for that and uh talking about your your jobs and stuff well there's one more as well wasn't there
1: um yeah, yeah so I also do Avon mm-hmm. as well so um that was a bit of a I actually I wrote some stuff on uh, my social media because I've just got back from an Avon conference uh, which was really powerful mm. really engaging um uh, met Sarah Davis which is really cool from Dragon's Den and I just was reflecting this morning about um, that part of my journey. and um, I 2016 had a really, really horrible breakdown. Um, really, really nasty time in my life and thought I would never work again at that point. Mm. just thought I needed to get through, basically just get through each day until I died. That was mm. where I was at. Um, so long story short, I took on a role with Avon as a representative um, selling stuff from the brochures door to door. Actually, it was only because I was ordering from Avon. A couple of my friends were ordering from Avon and I thought I could get the commission from those friends. So I opened my own account. Mm, it was very low key, right. but actually the more I got involved with the company and how they champion women and what they mm. do, um, for us is, has just, been, was phenomenal. And it was an opportunity to build my confidence again back in the working world, but with very, like, very little pressure, mm. you know, it, on was, your own it terms. was on my own terms. Yeah. Mm. Um, but but it soon I soon flew with that, um, established a great customer base. I've established a team of representat- representatives that I work with. Mm. Um, I've made new friends and so it's quite will always hold quite a dear place in my heart that it was what got me back out there. Mm. So that will always be my little side hustle.
0: Oh, that is amazing. And yeah, you've been doing that for years now and yeah, yeah so diligently as well. And Thanks. yeah, honestly, like you're a you're a boss lady. Thank you. Oh wow. <laughs> so That's you, an
1: accolade. You, you are <laughs> yeah.
0: and also before we you know, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I did say we've got to do a, a bit of a name drop yes. or like a, you know a plug or whatever we were going to call it because uh, people may, who have watched the series so far, may notice that there's a bit of a a bit of a difference here that we haven't said anything about well we have a little bit so far you know well maybe I said about I said about a performing job but not about mm-hmm. you personally uh, and the heart behind this podcast isn't um, and never was just to be interviewing Christians who are performers as well it was always I want to have people from all different walks of life and I think there's so much to learn from everyone so I've been really excited to have you on as a guest and as I said you've been on my list for a very long time <laughs> I've got my list secret list of people that I want on the pod and however I thought we'll transition everybody to a non-performer okay. or and in uh, the performing world if we do a job that's not performing we say it's a muggle job oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> have you heard that yeah so yeah. we have a muggle in I the know house well. I'm joking uh-huh. <laughs> no coach jokes okay but anyway
1: but i'm not you're not but i'm not you're
0: not and that is the thing that is the so tell us about that you have a west end credit to
1: your name emily carter i do from a very very long time ago long before katrina was born (laughs) or twinkling her father's eye many many years ago when i was 13 um i was in joseph and the technical dream coach i
0: just wanted to start singing straight away then it's probably copyrighted, yeah, maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are some good tracks though. Yeah, um, yeah. So as a teenager, I was I performed in Joseph in the children's choir. Was that the Palladium? It was oh, at the Palladium. Mm. Yeah, it was at the Palladium. Beautiful theatre. Wow. And I was there for three. Sorry, I was there for three months performing four times a week, traveling up from Brighton where I was living at the time. Uh, we traveled up by coach every night after school, and yeah, it was. Best time of my life. Loved it. I bet that was just such. So four times a week. So we travelled three times, but one day a week we did a matinee and an evening. Right. Yeah. That's like a lot, isn't it, to be travelling
0: back and forth and but on the coach. I mean, coach journeys are so fun when you're that age. Yeah. So So fun, fun. and then you're going to literally sing in a West End show. So who who was. Philip yeah, Schofield was our
1: Joseph. Wow. And yeah. I
0: remember you saying about somebody who used to do your hair.
1: Oh because, yeah, yeah. Yes. We're doing all the name drops. Let's do the okay. name drops. The name drops. Okay, <laughs> so I had a wonderful chaperone um and called Kathy. And sometimes her daughter would come round in the afternoons, evenings, and uh, do my hair, brush my hair, play, you know, put it up in the bunches or whatever I was choosing for that performance. Uh, her name was Denise and um yeah, loved her. She used to come around after school. And then a couple of years later, saw her on the telly. And it was no other than Denise Van Alten. Wow. So her mum was my chaperone who looked after me backstage. And um, yeah, Denise used to come in and do my hair and stuff. Yeah. So that was really cool. Oh, that is so cool. I love
0: that. That is literally so cool. And do your do your boys find that cool? Or do you think they don't quite get like... Nah. No, because Ben, uh, who is... How old is he? Ten. Ten. Ben Ten, Ben Ten, he yeah. is. Yeah, does anyone yeah. remember that cartoon? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he does musical theatre, doesn't he? He? Does. Which he very proudly told me one day when I was, it, I think oh, I was still I at this college. Story. I, am, I love so this story. cute. So uh, I think he said to me, "What do you do at school? What do you do at college?" And I said, mm. "Oh, I do musical theatre. And he went. <gasps> I do musical theater <laughs> in a little club after school. Yeah, he does a club and but he still that was must have been a good few years ago. Yeah, he still, still on does it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it. he's um
1: oh what was the show they did a I School musical oh, they've yes. just done yes yeah uh, they did Polar Express before that and they're just rehearsing Matilda at the moment oh that is like and music to
0: my ears Nigel it's all cool that is so cool mm-hmm. so there we go we have we've kind of got a bit more of an understanding not a of you know not a muggle not a m- exactly you're welcome no all, <laughs> all muggles are welcome here well I <laughs> suppose we, now we've got a bit of a background to yeah. the many strings to your bow um, and I think we will talk a bit later as well about juggling all of those things yeah. the things you do because i mean i think in this day and age you know a lot of us so have so many things to do and we also know as christians that we're called to rest and things like that so we'll speak about that a bit later because i find myself that is a hard balance to get yeah um and i think that's a, a good conversation to have but um i know there's something very dear to your heart that I I think you're in a really great position in your jobs with Avon and boots and also in church to do something that you felt called to for Mm. a very long time and something that you felt God um, spoke over you. So I'd love if we could speak about that and um, we'll probably speak about a prophetic word that you had Mm -hmm. and to anyone that's not familiar with that term. Or in fact, I'd love to hear I'm putting you on the spot here, but how would you explain that to somebody who's not as familiar with that term?
1: So we believe that God speaks. He spoke in the Bible and um, he spoke to his people and he still speaks today. That wasn't just for Bible times. Um, God still speaks today. God can speak in a variety of ways and he speaks in a variety of ways to a variety of people um sometimes um so the main way that i feel i hear from him these days is that still small voice mm. uh i'll hear something and um and be able to put that into practice also other people um will sometimes have words for me and they will tell me uh, it's really important when that happens that you weigh those words mm. so it's a bit um that you, you you kind of ask god about it you check it, check in with scripture make sure it's biblical mm-hmm. ask god to reveal a bit more because we are people and we can get things wrong, so it's really important how we receive words from other people. Um, you can have dreams. You can see kind of like pictures in your mind mm. or something in nature can spur you to think about how um, God is speaking. Um, sometimes I feel a pain in my body mm. and I know it's not a pain for me and I speak that out um, in generally in church, sometimes in other situations and quite often someone else has that pain and I'm able to pray for them God brings his healing uh, reveals himself through healing and then quite often by the kind of end of the day that pain has gone so I've kind of had that feet Mm. knees all sorts headaches shoulders um Mm. yeah so quite often God speaks to me in that way but I'm sure look yeah there's loads of way God speaks but Mm. that's kind of a synopsis
0: yeah amazing and so you had and I don't know if this was a word given to you by someone else or yes I'd love to hear the story behind this I think you know what I'm talking about I do know what you're talking about (laughs) so
1: um it's interesting actually I might go just a couple of steps back so um 16 doing my a-levels and didn't do very well at my a-levels um didn't go to many lessons didn't you know kind of Enjoyed that freedom a bit too much, um, and got to uh, got to eighteen. I remember the summer when I turned eighteen, and I did not know what to do. I didn't get grade, didn't get good enough grades to go into uni. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a standstill. Didn't really know what to do and how to deal with that. Um, and we were out in a huge family gathering, uh, which included my sister's husband's family and my sister's father-in-law um came over and spoke to me and said that he had a word for me so he'd heard Mm. from God for me um and his it was a very simple word and it was mother of many Mm. he said you're going to be a mother of many and in that moment I knew whatever was going to happen I was going to show the mother heart of God Mm. and going back even further into my past um as a six-year-old I'd lost my mother Mm -hmm. my birth mother passed away from breast cancer Mm -hmm. in the mid-80s when you know there wasn't all the kind of stuff there is now to help um medically so yeah unfortunately she passed away from cancer um when I was a young child and I think even at that point God instilled in me this heart to be a mother even though I didn't have a mother. Mm. Like he turns things to the good. Like yeah. you'd think maybe like why would you pick that person to do that when she hasn't had a mother? Mm. I, I disclaimer. I have had a wonderful stepmother mm. um, who adopted me and took me into her family when she married my dad. And da, da, da. so that's you know that's my disclaimer. God did provide a mother for me, but at that young age, why pick someone? And this is what God does all through the Bible. Mm. He picks people who are the least likely subjects. Mm. So I can't, off the top of my head, there's a guy called Gideon Mm. who was so shy, um, literally hiding when a prophet came to find him to talk to him, hiding in a wine press. But that was who God wanted to use mightily to Mm. lead his army. Mm. So God's wisdom is not, yeah. Earthly wisdom. And so many examples of that. Oh, even
0: you preached on David on David, Sunday. And, yeah.
1: yeah. He picks the ones that the world wouldn't pick. Mm. So yeah, really, really honoured that um God chose me to be a mother of many, mm. even though I'd experienced that loss. So yeah, so anyway, education wise that all got sorted and I went on and did um, some other courses, did a degree, mm. uh, became a teacher. Um, but always had that mother heart, a mother many. Um I don't think it meant I was going to have hundreds of biological children. Mm. <laughs> Two boys is absolutely enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've just been able to mother people. I think sometimes we can get, I do worry that it can sound a bit claustrophobic and a bit overpowering, you know, oh, she's mothering me. But this is, it's slightly different. It's, it's from God and it's mothering people pastorally, looking after them um, and just being that side of God to them. We often hear Mm. about God the Father um, and that there are parts of the Bible when it came Mm. out on Sunday at church that there's verses about how God wants to gather us like a hen gathers her chicken under her wing. Mm. You know, so God does have different aspects Mm. uh, of his character and we are made in his image. Mm. Men and women are made in the image of God. Mm. I do believe God is Father. I do believe God is male. Get all Mm. those disclaimers out. But we are made in his image, not just the men, the women are made in his image too. Mm. So we have got something to bring. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so all sorts of places, I've been able to be a mother to many. Um, that word slightly changed as well to, um, someone else had a prophecy over me, uh, mother of mothers. Mm. And I do quite a lot of that um, in my in my church world. Um helping young mums and but it's it's so hard to get it all across isn't it in one Mm. podcast but it's not like a a heavy thing it's not a control thing it's literally just chats with other mums Mm. and like, like yeah I had a dream that I would teach mums how to like cook for their kids and I was Mm. like that's really weird and then it happens but you just Mm. in conversation with people go what did you feed your oh well I used to do this and I used to put avocado in it and sometimes banana and it's just a chat Mm. but it is mothering mothers Mm. um and yeah God just uses it in in so many different uh parts of my life still Mm. um don't know if you felt that as a Yeah,
0: well, I was just thinking about that. So I feel like we've, we've always been close. And we've always had, Mm. you know, a lovely relationship. But I think it really um, reached that kind of deeper level, I guess, when I was about 14. And actually, I don't know how you remember it. But what I remember of this is, And I've spoken a bit about this um, on other podcasts. And I I think the more I do podcasts, the more people get to know a bit about my journey. And I'll probably talk about it more in another one as well. But uh, basically, I have OCD, which I didn't realize until I was about 16. But when I look back, I think I was definitely in the thick of it even when I was 12 years old and at that point it was a very um isolated time where I didn't really tell many people what I was struggling with I knew that I was definitely depressed that I had um depression um again as I said I had no idea about the OCD stuff Mm. but um it's clear to see in, in retrospect but I'd kind of gone through I was in year eight at the time and when I look back to that time that that's one of the hardest times to look back on I think because it was so um isolated too that I hadn't told many people and then it goes and then I kind of see like different eras from when I was at school like different chapters in my life year nine was a completely different year for me because um through whole other testimony of a breakthrough in church actually for a prophetic word as well that somebody had for me really spoke into my situation and I felt so much um set free from what I'd been through and once I was in year nine I was like more myself again because I'd completely who I was had been completely kind of um, Um, changed by what I was going through and I felt so much more free, so much more myself, and that's also the time when God started leading me into performing, it's when I started singing, um, and it's when I ended up doing shows, and things like that, but, um, so that was a wonderful time, but I I also just remember getting to this point, and I don't know if it was, um, as I was coming to the end of a school musical I was doing, so that was kind of the utopia of the year doing that, and I don't know if it was kind of getting nervous about that ending, and, but basically I had, I had scars from everything that had happened, the year before and that i hadn't really dealt with and hadn't really felt heard or seen about either because i had kept it very much to myself mainly um and i just i remember i think we'd gone on i was helping out with the kids because i've always loved kids and i've always loved being involved with your kids and other people's children at church and we went we took the children um to a like church trip to the Mm -hmm, cinema mm -hmm. yeah and i think i remember just um being with you And just feeling so comfortable with you and so, you know, um, loved. You're so good at loving people. And just, I don't know, something just stirred in me then that I was like, I kind of want to tell Emily about what's happened. And, you know, when I look back, I'm like, gosh, I was so young as well. But, um, yeah, and I think I messaged you that evening. And I think because at the time I thought my mental health's fine now and like everything's fine, but I just think I just needed some healing still and um I remember messaging you and I can't even remember what I'd said but you know some sort of need for a bit of support or whatever and um you ended up offering to kind of like a bible study with me every week so I used to come to you and I don't know how long that was for but I'd come to your home every week um and I think that that carried on into the next era was kind of year 10 <laughs> was when I, I um, had another bout of depression. And then from that point is when I started to kind of really understand a bit more what was going on and started to get help and stuff. But suppose you're the first person that I reached out for any kind of official support. And it wasn't counselling, but it was um, it, it was um, connecting me to God, who is the mighty counsellor and just being heard, seen and heard and just being able to share all of that so openly with you and yeah so you really were from even that point that's like over 10 years ago now but you was fulfilling that role of mother of many and uh yeah it's just it's just so special and I've seen you be that to so many people um which is just such a blessing and how amazing that that God spoke that over you from such a young age as well you know yeah
1: that's yeah. no, brilliant thank mm,
0: you yeah and it's funny to even look back on that time because yeah it's like so long ago I now know. but just remembering it coming I round know. and yeah always tea and biscuits and yeah and the boys would have been so young then I too know. so for you giving your time to do that it's just such a blessing yeah, so thank you so much. That's are okay. not laugh or cry. They, oh, <laughs> oh, it's just I so know, special to it's so remembering special. that
1: time, that little girl that used to come around mm. and and thinking that I could build you up just a little bit. And to yeah. see you now, oh my gosh, mm. like flourishing you know, all that you do. It was oh. a real privilege and an honour to be part of those, a big part of those years, oh. those younger years.
0: Thank you so much. There really aren't words enough to thank <laughs> you. Okay. And also... Another thing that we haven't mentioned is you have a ministry of hugs as well, oh, don't yes. you? Yes, oh, yes. which like is I a think, good hug. Yeah, that all comes into it too. But honestly, oh. like if you ever get to meet Emily, just ask her for a hug. <laughs> There's just something that hits different about her <laughs> hugs. They're so healing. <laughs> yeah, which is so so amazing. And nice. yeah, and let's talk a bit about what you said about being a mother to mothers as well, mm-hmm. because I think motherhood is such an important thing to talk about and as women, as mothers, um, you know, all, all genders and everything, but we're, we're speaking about mothers at the moment, everyone as humans, we all need support and we all, we're all we called um, by God to to be that to each other, to support each mm-hmm. other, aren't we? And I've been reading Ephesians recently and it says about bearing one another in love, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we follow God's example, how God loves us is how we go out and love others. Yeah. And um, I just think it's, it's so important to have that support around you. And especially when you're pouring out too as a mother and you've got your your children or your child to look after. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, so much of what you do is is never for yourself. You know, it's always outwards. It was always for other people. And for someone to be able to pour into you is so important. And um, so I guess my question is, have you found that you've had that sort of support through being a mother? And also how do you find that you're able to do that for other people. I know you've spoken a little bit about that, Mm. but yeah, if there's anything else you wanted to add there.
1: Um, Yeah, I would definitely say having... Women that are a little bit further on in the motherhood journey. Mm. If you are, a, if you are a young mum, find someone that's a little bit further ahead than you. Mm. Um, so, Katrina's mum mm. and another great friend from church um, have been my kind of mentors in that, and mm. people that I've been able to speak to, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's that's normal." I mean, if it's just practical stuff mm. um, as well as spiritual, but um, yeah, just just learning how to mother by. Having other mothers as mentors mm. is just amazing, and just see how other people do it, and and but I think so much of it is just when someone says, "Yeah, yeah, my kids do that," and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Mm. Um. And I think that's what a lot of my mothering of mothers has been. You know, mm. people saying he doesn't sleep, he gets up at this time, he's not out of nappies yet, and for someone to say, "Yeah, yeah, that that's that's all right," mm. and the, the weight that you can lift off someone by just being really normal with people and really Mm. real with people and just like yeah that that's yeah me too like Mm. that's okay and also giving strategies to help um Mm. in those situations with food or sleep or you know I'm not some mother guru but just um yeah just everyday support really just from my own experiences has been really good to be able to mother other mothers as well Mm. I guess as I've I've, as I've gone through those early baby years and toddler Mm. years with my kids I've got kind of you know, somewhere to come from to help people in mm. their toddler years with their kids. So Absolutely. it's been cool.
0: And I think the thing that sticks out to me there, it's just about people being together rather than alone as well, yeah. isn't it? And that's the same for any situation. And it's like what I said about how the reason why that time in year eight, when I was 12, 13 was the hardest was because I did, I was so much more alone than even, you know, when I went through things in the future and I actually spoke out and I had support around me whether that be church and friend support or professional support a combination of both that just lightened the load so much made yeah. it so much more bearable I guess because because I wasn't alone in it yeah. I think it's the same for to encourage parents and mothers to um and carers to you know to reach out for just that support and i suppose it is like that classic it takes a village mm. to raise a child and we're not meant to do things alone you know we're meant to do things in god's strength and also with the the things that he provides for us to be able to do that so i think it's just and i think sometimes people can find it really hard to do that because so many people i think feel like they're going to be a burden or that they mm. should be able to do it themselves and all of these things but i think so, you know, nine times out of 10 or more than nine times out of 10, nobody is ever going <laughs> to think, oh, this is too much or whatever. You Just, you know, you need to just be brave and ask somebody, yeah. somebody that you trust. And I always think, too, that because to protect, you know... as an encouragement to people that say, oh, I don't want to be too much to people. In my eyes, I think I've kind of learned because I always felt like that with my mental health. But I think you have to find a piece of, if you're speaking to a fellow adult, that's their responsibility to tell you what they can and can't kind of, um support you with. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And most of the time you know, they it's gonna be completely fine. And if not, then it's their responsibility to maybe recommend who else you could speak to or Mm. speak to this charity or whatever, you know. Um so I think that's just yeah, it's just an encouragement to speak out about things and you know, and all and together, you know, back and forth. Like, um, you you support me so much and I also try to do the same and we pray for each other and things like that. And I think it's just so great to be together rather than apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: definitely. It goes back to that being created in the image of God mm. and God is part of a Trinity. There's mm-hmm. God Father, God the Son, Jesus mm. and God the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um if we are created in the image of God, then yes, we are hundred percent created to be in community. Mm. We have not, when, Ad, when uh, God created Adam, he straight away created a companion mm. for him. He mm. wasn't, he didn't design life to be on its own, um, on our own. And, but just to completely agree with what you were saying about, you know, telling people what's going on. Cause at the beginning of my breakdown, mm. um, I kept it to myself for mm. six, seven months. Mm. Didn't tell anybody what I was going through. Um, a lot of pride there I think didn't want people to know that I was struggling with something Mm -hmm. Um, because I've always been kind of very going and happy go lucky you know happy mm. and you know didn't want people to know I was struggling I definitely didn't want to burden people there was mm. that thought as well didn't want to be too much for people didn't want to be that girl mm. um but it's, it's all it's all lies from the enemy it's all what we say to ourselves rather than what exactly. other people say yeah. people would much rather support you and I know you said either even you know just being a child and it's up to the adults but 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 peer on peer as well yes. you oh, know yeah, absolutely definitely it is up to us um as you know to share boundaries with people and say and silly things that i've learned over the years like you might arrange to see someone at a certain time but you like you know i'll see you for coffee at 10 problem is that can then last all day and you don't know if you've got other time to meet someone else later you know you've got to pick up the kids from school what's my day gonna look like so uh, this is a really practical thing that mm. has really helped me and how I've helped others is to give people, and it sounds a bit formal, but to give people start and end times. Yeah. So, you know, even us today, we said, yeah, mm. yeah, I'm free from then till then. Let's do it then. Rather than, oh, I'll come around at lunchtime and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. And I think being more intentional um, with people and, you know, saying, yeah, I'm free at 10 to half 11. Let's meet then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's up to you to create those boundaries Um You know, and yes, I could see Katrina every week at that time, which was absolutely wonderful. But, you know, with different hats and stuff now, it might be that I see people fortnightly or check in with them more on voice note or, you know, there's other ways you can support people. It doesn't have to be, I guess, I guess at this point, I'm kind of speaking to people who are doing the support and giving Mm. them kind of guidelines Mm. for how, how do you pastor people? How do mm. you help people? And it's just putting in a few of those little parameters, a few of those boundaries. Um, it answers kind of other questions as well. I'm kind mm. of answering the question about how do I...
0: in time. Manage my time. Yeah.
1: How do I find rest in God? Mm. Um, but yeah, there are those practical things as well. Because I think I'd, I'd never want anyone to hold back from helping another because they didn't know how to do it or they, yes. they thought it was too hard. So... Mm. Um, it just reminds me of one other thing yeah so, absolutely um, I once was taught about pastoral care about like a compass so uh, you can see that you're feeding into people mm-hmm. and they, they're your souths, your south people mm-hmm. they're people that you mm-hmm. feed into that come to you for support and, and you're just, you're giving you're giving and that is fantastic and um, but you've also got your east and west people mm-hmm. they're the people that are kind of bit of give and take so Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll need them sometimes they'll need you Mm -hmm. and you get a bit more give and take there but it's also so important to have a north uh someone that you are receiving from as well um so that you're not giving from an empty cup obviously Mm -hmm. god is our north Mm -hmm. 100 percent but it's also great to find someone to be your north um and i think that would be part of my challenge in in this for people that are listening is to um what am I going to say? Find a south. So if you, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, have it's more common for people to have a north and have mm. someone to pour into their lives. And that's great. But you can also pour into someone else. It's not you don't just have one or the other of these things we yeah. need to be flowing in all of this you need to have your east and west mates you need to have your north that's pouring and mentor- mentoring into you but it is so important that you are also pouring something into a south mm, yes um so don't disqualify yourself from that yes yeah
0: and if you're the person the other way around who says oh i i Mm-hmm. should help loads of other people but I don't deserve that for myself you absolutely do deserve a north as well and yeah, yeah and I, I, I think that is so good and also like what you say about having time parameters and things like that with, with boundaries and all of that that is so healthy and so important and that doesn't then mean you leave someone in the lurch for the rest of the time. It's also helping them to know where else they can go, you know. And it's not saying It's not strictly saying that. Um. Oh, between those times, you can't ever message me if you're in a crisis, or it's not that at all. Um. Obviously, kind of. It's you know. It depends on each situation, and there. You know. I always say to people, if you in an emergency or you're really struggling or yeah. whatever you know i'm a message away you know don't hesitate to give me a call or give me a, a text but um also i think and then talking about mental health something i learned too is friends and family helped me so much and i couldn't have done it without them but i also knew that they their role was different to the role of say a counselor or a doctor and i knew that i needed both and um and you know, even using helplines or mental health resources and stuff. And I think that's also something you can do as somebody who's supporting someone is helping them to figure out what kind of support they can access as well. As Mm. as well as you praying for them, supporting them, being a friend to them, you can also help them to look for other things that are going to help them as well. So that's another way you can support people.
1: Yeah, and I think um, in the Christian world, it's sometimes there's been a bit of a frown upon needing external therapy and counseling when you mentioned right at the beginning God is our ultimate counselor Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is counselor he was sent as our helper um and it's been a little bit frowned upon about you know why would you need external help and I I think a lot of that um teaching has shifted now um in in churches but one of my favorite t-shirts I don't have it I do want to get one uh says um oh gosh I can't remember the actual wording but it's something like um, it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist oh yeah yeah, yeah? you know because yeah. yes he will provide and he will counsel and he will support and you can turn to Jesus at any time night of day he has he actually has no boundaries <laughs> which is amazing yeah um but it's okay mm. to seek um help from counselors and therapists as well yes. Just kind of want, just made me want to mention that
0: yeah absolutely and I'm so glad that I feel like a lot of um Church culture is steering away from those stigmas and the same as society in general. Because I remember, you know, and I've seen the difference having kind of experience in need for mental health support since I was 12 so like over a 10 years span I just realized I said that a bit wrong there because I didn't actually seek help until I was about 14 but you know details details um but I've seen the kind of difference in stigma and things like that things have definitely improved and I think it's having conversations like this just to remind Mm. people that even if someone makes you feel like that's wrong you don't have to listen to that that's not the truth that you know and that's not what God says and and God has done a miracle in my life through therapy and through medication as well and it's something that i will never shy away from speaking about because i know that god is in it and yeah and that is an amazing thing and i think um from what you shared a little bit about the breakdown that you had do you feel that that's because of course i've spoken about this in the podcast before as well that i don't think that god causes bad things to happen and suffering to happen but he will take anything he can use anything to turn it for good and what would you say from that time that you had that has kind of what has God done with that now in terms of you know to, for what you're doing now for how you're able to speak openly with understanding about mental health and you know all, all of the things
1: all of things <laughs> um yes definitely open my eyes to what mental health is and how it feels to have bad mental health or uh, difficult mental health um It the the bottom line um, of my breakdown really was about losing my mother and um, didn't have any anything. There was nothing when I was a child. You know, Mm. no counselling, no Mm. therapy, nothing in schools. I at six, I have vivid memories of um, teachers literally tiptoeing past the back of my chair because I just think no one knew what to say to me. You know, there was no understanding, there was no help for teachers. and I guess it just wasn't very common for, mm. you know, parents to die. It's, well, I guess it still isn't at that age. Um, so I never really... I, I didn't get any any support with um, losing my mother. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s, around the same age that she was when she died, um, that basically, in the long, long, long story short, basically was the cause of my breakdown. Mm. It was grief. Um, and it wasn't about worrying about dying because I had got to the same age as her, but it was it was that feeling of not having a role model or a blueprint. Mm-hmm. I don't have any biological siblings. Um, I don't, you know, I, obviously it was me and my dad, but I didn't feel like I kind of knew who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. This identity thing that's come mm-hmm. up loads recently. Uh, yeah, I just feel like I didn't have a role model, didn't have a blueprint, didn't know how to, you know, adult or be a mother myself or anything really so yeah the the crux of my breakdown and being able to receive therapy for me for the Mm. first time after you know 30 years after Mm. the trauma I mean talk about PTSD that's where I was I Mm. it was it was PTSD but that I had had carried for nearly 30 years by that point Mm. so that was my my first ever um in um what do you say? Well, yeah, encounter mm. with therapy, um, and yeah, unpacked so much. So mm. obviously, really helped me with my emotional health, with my mental health. It's emotional health, isn't it? I um, love him or loathe him. old oh, Prince Harry talked about because you know, sim- very similar upbringing to myself uh, and losing a mother as well. Um, and he talks about what does he talk about? Like in, like it being an injury.
0: Mm.
1: um the trauma of it you know it's like a it's a it's like an emotional injury I think we talk about mental health disorders yeah and he talks about that's exactly what it is so we talk about mental health disorders Prince Harry talks about a mental health injury mm. it's so often just stems from trauma Yep. um an injury uh in our in our emotional health so uh, I don't know. I feel like I've gone off the, off tangent. You're very good no, this at this, cat. You're very good at asking questions and getting loads of stuff out that I hadn't even known was there.
0: Oh, you, that's you're, good. <laughs> you're
1: very, very good at, at leading these. This is wonderful because I was so nervous, not knowing if I had enough to say. Oh. And here we are, what two hours later? <laughs> <It> feels like <laughs> no, it's. I, it's it's, a it's so one. good, and
0: it's also it's also God. You know, I always pray that God will lead yeah, the conversation. You no, know, that is so good to to hear, and actually. I wondered if we would speak a bit about trauma in this episode because I think, oh, there's there's so much to unpack and learn there. And, and oh, what yeah. you said about injury, I think that is so good because I think actually, and we don't want to stay there in, in feeling like that we've been a victim to an injury and we can't then break free from that. But I think it's inc- it's encouraging and it's important to realise that I think probably so many of us have had emotional injuries mm. and it's it's important to deal with that but i think also it's important to deal with that in the right environment in a safe trusted environment so like you in therapy for example and i've been the same where um in therapy i've been able to unpack trauma that i kind of didn't even realize was there but i wouldn't have been able to do that without that guidance and that mm. support and that's a prayer of mine too just for for therapy and for help for people to become so much more accessible that is a prayer of mine because you know i um i was fortunate that i was able or my my parents were able to fund count christian counseling for me which was privately funded um and you know i just i just pray that so much more will become available to people but also an encouragement that there are things out there Mm. already that we can access and that can help us um and i i've been um leaving mental health resource page actually in the description of the podcast just because we have spoke about mental health a couple of times and that is something that I'm really passionate to do because I was always um, among, amongst all the stigma when I went through things with my mental health one thing that always stuck out is I would every so often see a campaign or see a post somewhere that says speak out about your mental health speak out and I think that's so important and I think it is difficult because people realize that the NHS is stretched and mm. you know sometimes we don't get everything that we do deserve to be able to um, help us with our mental health. But I think that shouldn't pass off seeking help altogether. Definitely. We should use what is there, including charities, including things that... Um, that we might be able to, to get that on completely through the NHS or something, but other, other forms. And I think that is just really important to not give up on it and to keep mm. exploring what might help you with your mental health. And so we've spoken about using the people around you and, um, you know accessing kind of the support that you have around you with people but also professional help is really important and often necessary um and I think it's a prayer of mine for that to become easier for people Mm. to seek but also for us to keep keep seeking it you know I'd asked before about what what have you learned through um what you've been through and I suppose it was about being able to to realize that there's um, we can have emotional injuries in our life and we can have freedom from them that god is in that for us you know we we don't know where we would be without god in the mix with us with all of that and also all the things god provides through his his body which we call the church is is like Mm. god is the head and we're his body and and also through professional help through friends and family all those things and then you're you've also been able to use all of your experiences for what you're doing now and you've got such a heart for pastoral care as well for reaching out to people for supporting people both within your church um, work but also just in your life every single day and being a good neighbor to people always on hand on the school run for other mums and I've just seen that so evidently in your life and yeah, I suppose there's many things that people can take from this episode today. And is there and I think you did that you did this actually on Sunday, sometimes you'll say if you don't take anything else from today's preach, what, what would you like people to take from today's episode?
1: That's really hard. Um I think just where we've gone down the kind of Yeah, I think you've summed it up brilliantly, Katrina. Um, I think just the one other thing that I want to kind of bring about therapy is I think the reason I shied away from therapy for so long was because I just thought it wasn't going to help. Mm-hmm. My mum had died. No amount of talking about it was going to bring her back. So mm-hmm. it just seemed like a dead end thing to do. Mm-hmm. I looked at other things that people might have therapy for. And I thought, yeah, you can get over that. You can get over the other, you know. But, but death, like, what's, what's, what's the point? Talking ain't going to bring her back. And that's what's going to fix me. So mm-hmm. what's the point? um but realize but the the realization that being able to process the grief of losing a mother has been invaluable mm. um even down to the point that my father was able to be invo- involved in some of my sessions mm. and because I was so young my memories were muddled and things that I had held as reality some of those things didn't actually happen how I thought they did mm. um And dad was able to unpack and to tell me exactly how she died, exactly what she said just before she died, exactly who was there, exactly why I wasn't told. This was the biggie for me. I wasn't told that she was dying. Mm. And I thought that was because dad didn't want to worry me. And I've held on to that all my life and actually been a bit cross with him. He knows this, by the way, if you're listening, dad. Uh, And being a bit cross with him that he didn't tell me, making up my own reason why, but actually he didn't tell me, because they didn't know they didn't Mm. the doctor had given them this false hope you know so actually unpacking and and getting to the bottom and the root of some of this stuff that I didn't really know what was happening because I was a you know I was a young young girl so I guess if anything reach out Mm. if you need help yes because even if you think that you know exactly what happened how it played out that there's no way it can get better that's not true because it has got better. Mm. My life has got better since speaking about stuff and God has used it all. Um, And yeah, it's going to be corny, but the only way really has been forward since that Mm. therapy and, you know, showing what I've done and now leading this church and mothering of many and all of that stuff. Um, Mm. Yeah. So I guess listen to God, reach out for help, help Mm. others. Yeah. It's still not one thing, but no, but that's brilliant. That's and it and it powerful. doesn't mean
0: that going through those things are easy or that you no. don't have to put work in, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's Definitely. a lot of work, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's so worth it. Yeah. And I think I, this is why I've made a podcast called Those Who Hope, because mm. hope for me I just that word just holds so much weight for me. You know, we say words like faith, hope, love, you know, and they've can become just thrown away, you know, nice words. But hope for me is like the reason I'm alive is because even when everything felt hopeless, I held on to a tiny bit of hope. My hope in Jesus, my hope that things could get better. And that is is what helped me to survive everything i was going through and to to just hold on to that hope and then to see and i think for both of us to kind of not that life is perfect or anything like that but to have seen breakthrough in our lives Mm. we know that that isn't exclusive to us we know that that everyone can have that breakthrough and everyone can um things can get better for everybody so um there is so much hope in that and i think that is just thank you for being here it's and okay. for sharing that hope i just yeah it's just absolutely amazing and i've only done this um once before on the podcast but i feel like it it would be really good now if you'd be happy to pray for everybody who's been listening just yeah, as we close to oh thank you so
1: much that would be great i yeah, love, you. love you i love you too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for this time together, to be able to share out of a deep friendship together, um, feeling safe here and being able to trust Katrina with my words. And uh, I pray that this has helped uh, you guys that are listening. um, And I just pray for God's blessing on you and wisdom and clarity of thoughts if you are also battling stuff. Um, Yeah, we just pray Jesus over all of you and uh to bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you amen amen well, thank you so so
0: much Pleasure. it's been amazing having you here and we're gonna go have a brie toasted wrap <gasps> now aren't we Lunch. <laughs> yes <laughs> yummy <Yes. laughs> well thank you so much everyone for watching this episode and we will see you next time thank you bye bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that it's been a blessing to you. And my prayer is that you will know there is so much hope for you. So hold on to that hope. I do have a list of mental health resources in the description of this episode, so please do make use of this if you think it might be something that benefits you or someone that you know, please do share it with them. Also, I'd love if you could support me as I spread the word of this podcast by subscribing, liking and commenting on YouTube and by leaving a rating and a review on Spotify and also engaging with me through the Q&A section. This would really help me to spread the word and to spread the hope i'll see you next monday for another episode thank you so much once again god bless you all bye